Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. As we talked about in the first hour, Alexei Navalny is dead at age 47. Joe Biden did come out today and make remarks, but it should be noted that Kamala Harris, the VP, beat him to it. And maybe that's not important to some people, but I do think that that's very bizarre. Typically in these situations, the president is the first one out there. In this case, you had the secretary of state, you had the vice president, you had several other nations expressing their condolences and condemning Vladimir Putin. And Joe Biden was kind of just late to the game per usual. He is going to East Palestine, Ohio later today. um, And I'm sure... I'm sure we'll have a lot to report on that. You know what's an incredible story, though? And I didn't catch this yesterday. But Robert Hur's report has been getting a lot of scrutiny from Joe Biden and from the White House. And who can forget when Joe Biden stormed out and went up to the podium and delivered what was one of the worst press conferences in history? Well, I have an update for you. So remember how after the I think before Biden came out, because Biden came out pretty late that night. I think it was a third. I think it was a week ago. He came out and it was like eight o'clock, let's say. Um, Before that, Ian Sams, who's the White House's uh, he's the spokesman for the White House's White House Counsel's Office. Okay, so Ian Sams comes out first, I believe, and spoke about the report. And criticized it. And of course, you know, they're trying to claim that this report, the stuff that was in the report about Joe Biden not being charged or not recommending charges, that part was all dead on. But everything else you can throw out. Everything else you should disregard. Okay? Strike it from the record. The things about him forgetting things, not knowing when his son died, not knowing, you know, the world leaders he's talking about, not knowing when he was vice president, not knowing when his term as vice president ended, all of that stuff bringing stuff home, writing things down, leaving things on tables, all of that stuff you can forget, okay? Because that stuff is propaganda. That stuff is fake news. That stuff is just Biden's own DOJ acting like MAGA maniacs and going after him. But the part about her saying he shouldn't stand trial, they're on board with that. Well, it gets worse because this is from The Hill. It says the White House Correspondents Association on Thursday pushed back after a spokesperson, that would be Ian Sams, wrote to the organization criticizing reporters coverage of the special counsel report on President Biden's handling of classified documents. So Kelly O'Donnell, who I believe, Jared, we were just talking about yesterday because she was the reporter who, when Biden originally fell asleep at one of the climate summits, made the excuse that, you know, the jet lag had caught up to him. So I just had Kelly O'Donnell on my mind. She's the president of the WHCA. It changes all the time. And she called the letter misdirected and said it was inappropriate for the White House to send that out 
through internal distribution channels. And I guess that those channels are typically used for like need to know information. They're not used for whining. They're not used. They're not used for Joe Biden telling the media, as David Harsani put it, that they're just not hackish enough for him. That's not what those channels are meant for or designed for. And I think it should be noted that she also wrote in its 110 year history. Our association has never controlled or policed the journalism that it is published or broadcast by our members or their employer. Like, in other words, we're not here to admonish people for what they're publishing. But if you go further down the story, you find out what the Biden administration was so upset about, like why they felt they needed to use these channels to disseminate this letter admonishing these media publications. What were they reporting that was so inaccurate, so grossly inaccurate, Jared, that they had to yell at them and punish them and like tell them, hey, 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 stop that. Don't, 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 as Joe Biden might say. He obviously says it a lot more eloquently than I just did. It's the Irish in him. So I'm reading this and I'm like, what was it that was so bad? The White House has specifically zeroed in on reporting that Biden willfully retained classified materials. A phrase, and I give credit to the Hill for writing this, a phrase used in the report's executive summary. But her wrote later in the report that there was a shortage of evidence as to whether Biden intentionally took the documents. Now, this is how condescending, like how embarrassed. I love how embarrassed the media should be because they get slapped around by this White House. They get slapped around by this guy who should be on his knees kissing their feet and thanking them for selling their souls to get him in the White House. He should be giving them wet kisses for all of the wet kisses they've given him. And instead, all he does is, can I say, hold on, let me ask Jared. All he does is bitch and moan. I got the, I got the okay, I got the green light. All he does is bitch and moan about how unfair they're treating him. And so listen to how smug and condescending and really insulting this letter is, okay? This is from Ian Sams. We understand that the members of the WHCA cover challenging and complex topics day in and day out. Talk about patronizing. Your jobs are not easy, but they are important. Oh, isn't that nice? Does that make you all feel better that he thinks your jobs are important? When significant errors occur in coverage, such as essentially misstating the findings and conclusions of a federal investigation of the sitting president, it is critical that they be addressed. He actually, I don't know if this is the Hill or his own mistake, it is critical that they be addressed is how it's written here. So if that's the uh, spokesman for the White House Counsel's Office, Yikes. But how amazing is that? It's like, wait, wait a second. What part did they get wrong? Now, keep in mind, the media has gotten so many things wrong over the years. So many things wrong when it comes to find the fraud, for example, to bring it back to Fanny, to circle back to Fanny Willis. That was a situation where you might say you guys misrepresented the facts. You quoted something that was never said, the Washington Post. But the time that the White House counsel comes out 
and criticizes the media is when they're actually reporting the truth. They're reporting what was in the special counsel's report, which is Joe Biden couldn't remember anything and he willfully retained classified documents. And that's when they decide we have to address this. This cannot stand. Lisa, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, Grace. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? I'm good. Um, listen, I just, I, I, I know there's a lot of stuff about Joe Biden and the um, press conference, but I cannot um, let this go without saying something. Fannie Willis is so pathetic. I, I just, it, it's embarrassing. Uh, honestly, for the people of Fulton County, I'm embarrassed for them. So she would, okay, yesterday, yesterday's testimony, she would answer in the negative, but then she would explain in the positive. So they said, did you meet him at the convention? No. You didn't meet him at the convention? No. So then she would say, but then a judge outside of the convention introduced us. So that was the convention. She did that over and over and over. So she is so just, um, I don't know, she's just not credible. She's she's immature, first of all, with her bobbing back and forth and picking up her papers and pointing at people and calling them liars in a courtroom. I mean, is she supposed to be the DA representing Fulton County? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I really, Lisa, I really like Drew Holden's uh, comment on this, and he's great for anyone who's, you know, uh, active on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. He's always pulling up old threads. He was the one who put me onto this old New York Times story uh, that was praising Fannie Willis. But this is what he said yesterday. He actually, uh, he retweeted a video of Fannie Willis, like you said, picking up her papers, yelling, lashing out. And he said, the way Willis has conducted herself in this hearing is jarring. That she was in charge of one of the most consequential legal trials in American history should terrify anyone, no matter what they think of Trump. And for me, I mean, there's so many funny moments that we can go to and we will rest assured we will. We're going to talk about Belize. We're going to talk about Grey Goose. We're going to talk about all of it. But the fact that when she was asked about this, she said that it's an attack on democracy. You know, asking her about the wads of cash she supposedly kept in her home and about the trips to Belize and about the trips to the tattoo parlor and about the wineries and the excursions and why she wasn't paying the other lawyers who actually knew what they were doing as much as she was paying her lover. That is an attack on democracy. And it's funny because... A lot of times with these authoritarian style, like Democrats love to talk about authoritarian, how Trump's a dictator, Trump's this, Trump's that. These authoritarian style Democrats, they're all different in their own way, but in a lot of ways, they're all the same. Like Fannie Willis wants to say, attacking me is attacking democracy. Does that sound like anybody to you? Attacking me is attacking the science. Not going along with what I want is attacking freedom or it's this setting you up so that you can't your hands are tied making you feel like you can't say anything and really the other the other thing is it's not just Fannie Willis saying attacking me is attacking democracy it's not just Fauci saying attacking me is attacking the science the other go-to with the press is attacking Fannie Willis is attacking 
black women everywhere. And attacking Fannie Willis makes you a racist. And every single topic we cover today thus far, Democrats, the left, the media, but I repeat myself, it's all part of the same group. They want to f- they want to put you in a corner, you know, like they want to make it so that you have to shut up anything you say, even if you just point out the obvious and say, wow, this woman doesn't seem very professional, racist. This doesn't seem like it was really on the level. Racist. I don't know if we should be sending $60 billion to Ukraine. Um, Putin lover. Like, it's all, everything is made to make people feel like they can't have an opinion or they can't question things or they can't ask for any sort of justice. And Drew Holden is absolutely right. The fact that this woman was part of the Get Trump crowd and she at one point was one of like the the most major players in it. They thought she was wonderful and they still do. I mean, wait till I read you some of the headlines about Fannie Willis. She is still a star in this party. They are not letting her go. That's the great thing about Democrats is that they don't turn their backs on each other. They will stick with this woman through it all. Here's from the New York Times why the case against Fannie Willis feels familiar to black women. When, this is the Washington Post. When Fannie Willis took the stand, her fury was precise and laser-focused. Really? My sound, my cut sheet here would beg to differ. We'll talk more about this. We'll we'll give you some more um, updates from the press about what a great job she did. And I really just want to get into the details of her hearing yesterday, of her testimony. I want to talk about the gray goose and the trips and the caviar because it's Friday and we're going to have a little bit of fun. So don't go anywhere. We'll take your calls. So much more when we come back. And don't go anywhere because there is more show to get to. But I wanted to let you guys know that recently a Grace Curley show listener, Candace, called into the show and she told us how much she loved her thunderstorms. Her furnace was serviced and afterwards the smell of oil was lingering in her home. She turned on the thunderstorms and she watched the magic happen. That's what's so great about the thunderstorm. I'm looking at one right now. They're small. They plug right into the wall. They don't take up any floor space, but wow, they work and they work fast. So you don't have to worry about smells, whether it's tobacco, uh, musty basement smells. This thing clears that up right away. Pet odors, whatever it is, whatever uh, your problem is in your home or in your car, in your office, the thunderstorm will figure it out. It will tackle it and it will eliminate those odors. Here's what I want you to do if you want to get the three-pack special. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Check out the three-pack special. It's the perfect size. doesn't take up any floor space, and it comes in handy. Just ask Candace. And Candace's husband, who admitted that he was wrong and the thunderstorms really are the best. So with the three-pack special, you can use one in your kitchen, your office, even your car. It comes with this cool little wire, wire you can just plug it in. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Code GRACE and the number three. When we come back, we are going to hear from Fannie Willis. I really want to talk about the cash situation and her explanation as to why she had so much cash on hand. We'll talk about that when we come back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m.
This is The Grace Curley Show. I got in trouble yesterday. Apparently, the rumble cam has had enough, Jared, that I keep blocking my face with the mic flag. And that's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to try to be better for the camera, try to be TV ready for all of you, and hopefully I can improve. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call one eight four four perfect smile or visit perfectsmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is how will Biden make the East Palestine disaster about himself today? Oil slicks on windshields growing up, his affinity for trains, his dad losing health insurance, or the kitchen fire? A lot of people are responding on social media with other things they think he's going to say to make it about himself. No, not okay. You need to choose one of the four options. Those are the only options you have. And we didn't put in a Nikki Haley, none of the above or all of the above type situation or an other. You have to choose one of those. I'm going to go. And yes, I get why people are going with oil slicks. That seems like the most obvious choice. But his first love and his true love and so much about who he is as a person has to do with trains. He's a train guy. And I just don't think he's going to let this opportunity pass and not bring that up. So I'm going with trains. Uh, His affinity for trains is at 35%, which is tied with the oil slicks. They are both tied at 35%. 20% for the kitchen fire and 10% for his dad losing health insurance. You know what's funny? We were going to do a different poll question today, Jared. What was I... What was I going to? Oh, it was going to be a lot simpler. I was going to say, will Joe Biden make this about himself? And you said, well, that's just stupid because it's going to be 99 to 1. And I said, yeah, but we don't do 99 to 1 a lot. And Taylor said, 99 to 1 is a lot less fun than this. And it's true because right now... We've got a race here. This is tight. So go to gracecurlyshow.com and vote. All right. Now, I obviously want to play a lot of Fannie Willis. I think out of the three people we've heard from so far, Nathan Wade, her lover, slash the special prosecutor in the find the fraud, where Trump didn't actually say find the fraud case, the election interference case, um, and now Fannie's father. I think out of all three, Fannie has given the most exciting testimony. I would say. But I I don't think it's over yet because her dad is making quite the name for himself. Two, yeah. two things stand out so far. And we're going to play both of these when we come back. One is that he says keeping cash in your house or keeping cash on hand. How does he? I, I don't want to misquote him, Jared. His exact quote was, I'm not trying to be racist, but it's a black thing. I I could tell you this right now. Whenever you have to start a sentence by saying, I'm not trying to be racist, comma, that's usually there should be some voice in your head going, stop right there. Stop right there. The second thing he says, which I actually find even more amazing than the cash part of this, is that he knew COVID was coming here before anybody else. He knew in 2019 and he was prepping for COVID before it even hit the United States. So we're going to play all of that when we come back. I hate to say that he's upstaging his daughter because I know that's not what he wants. But he's definitely, he's making quite the splash in this hearing. We're going to talk about that. And Jared, no matter what I do, make me play these sound cuts when we come back. 
Hold my feet to the fire. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone. All right, let's get to it. No more messing around, Jared. No more messing around. No more changing the subject, which is all you do all day long. (laughs) We're going to play some of these Fannie Willis cuts. These are all from yesterday. We do have some updates for you, though, on her father. Should we start with her or her dad? Uh, Jared, I think maybe her dad, because that's the most yeah, recent. Yeah, that's, that's recent. All right, give me, and his name is not Willis. His last name is Floyd. So, yeah, John Floyd. John Floyd the Third, I believe. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so John Floyd the Third was talking about, well, let's first have his remarks on cash, which has become a real central issue in this case. Left the house that she owned. Did, did she say anything to you about having a large uh, savings of cash? Oh, no, she, oh, no. See, maybe, excuse me, and I, Your Honor, I'm not trying to be racist, okay? But it's a black thing, okay? You know, I was trained, and most black folks, they hide cash, or they keep cash, and uh, I was no, I train. You always keep some cash because uh, I've been places, and just because of the color of my skin. For example, I took a fellowship at Harvard when my daughter was just a, a if I might, Your Honor, if I might, when I was just, uh, she was just, you know, maybe three years old. And I remember going to a restaurant in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I had a American Express credit card and maybe a visa or whatever. And uh, I had a lot of um, what they call traveler's checks. I don't even know if they still have traveler's checks. Wait, hold on. Can we pause it here for a second? Because I know the headline is he says it's a black thing to keep cash. And I have seen some black people on social media saying I agree with him. I still don't think it's it's his call to decide what all black people do. Um, think it's a bit of a generalization painting with the broad brush. But also. The rabbit holes that we are going down now, the story time, it's like, let me tell you, I mean, this is Biden-esque and it's not just. It's not just John Floyd the third. It's his daughter. I mean, they're going down. You can say what you want about Nathan Wade, and people have been criticizing him. He was sweating a lot on the stand. He wasn't recalling a lot of information, but he was keeping it simple, stupid. He was keeping it short and sweet to a degree. Fannie Willis and her father, it is like the stories never end. All of a sudden, you find yourself talking about him going to Cambridge. When Fanny was a little girl to a restaurant, I, I just and travelers checks like at what point do the lawyers and I had this conversation with Howie yesterday and he said I that I'm wrong and that is always a possibility. That is always a strong possibility. And maybe it's just frustrating for me to listen to. But at a certain point, every other Jared, every other hearing that I've ever watched If somebody was going off the rails or someone was really going down a different road, they got kind of bumped back to where they were supposed to be. Can you answer the question? Uh, What's that thing that they always say? Um, Judge, can you redirect the witness to answer the question? 
where's the redirection here? It's like we're going off on all, but maybe the lawyers think, good, keep giving us more and more and more because we're going to be able to prove that you're lying. Perhaps that's what it is. But still strange. Now let's go to the COVID because another big part of this has to do with where Fannie Willis was living, what property she was living at. Um, And this is Fannie Willis's father trying to explain whether or not he was living with his daughter. At least once a week. But when COVID hit, I just couldn't. I couldn't go to the dentist, which I need to do. Well, you know, I just uh, it was just a thing. So I was just stuck. I was just stuck there. I may be wrong, but I believe COVID hit in 2020. So I was asking about 2019. In 2019, did you spend any time in California? Before COVID was even here in the United States. Remember, I lived in South Africa and I've traveled the world. I knew COVID was coming before. I knew COVID ah. was around before. They may have announced it in, in 20, but in fact, I knew about it and I knew what was happening uh, in 19. Okay, so... Yeah, that's a parent's love right yeah. there. W- willing to spin this yarn for your adult daughter who's gotten herself into a bit of a mess. That is, that's a parent for you. You know, you will go to bat for your daughter and you will find yourself saying ridiculous things in a hearing on national television just because your daughter decided to shack up with the special prosecutor. Or, you know, really the way the timing is making it seem she decided to make the person she was shacking up with the special prosecutor in the case. I don't want to say that I don't believe Fanny's version of events here, but there's definitely some holes being poked. Okay, so now let's get back to Fanny here. This is from yesterday. We didn't get to play it. A lot of this stuff was breaking during Howie's show. Sometimes I would just move on and I would go on to, like like I said, there's fresh stuff today. But this is too good. And I don't think Howie would blame me for this one. So we're going to go back to Fanny. Can I have cut one, please? Point where Ms. Miller should be treated I think well, we I very everybody. much want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be not here. Not so much that you're hostile, Ms. Willis. It'd be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Ms. Merchant's. Thank Ms. Merchant's interests are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. All right. That's how she started the day. So naturally, she was coming in hot and people were thinking, this is going to go, this is going to go south pretty quick. Um, this is when she was very upset. And, and this was a quote that you probably saw on television if you were watching the coverage of it, where she was telling, I was at this point, Miss Merchant, she's telling it is a lie. It is a lie. Cut two, please. It, 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 it is a lie. It is a lie. Right, Mr. Sena, I thank you. We're going to take five minutes. Be back in five. Again, I thought the judge was a little soft on her. I thought she needed to be reprimanded a few times during that hearing. And, and I know he probably is terrified. If I reprimand this woman, the New York Times is going to have my picture up there calling me a racist, saying that I'm you know, the most evil person right behind Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk, and Tucker Carlson. Then it would be this judge for daring to reprimand Fannie Willis, the hero Fannie Willis. Um, but still, it was it was out of control. All right, now let's go to let's go to the excursions. Nathan Wade gave us a little glimpse into their travels. They're very well traveled, and he talked about the cabins. He talked about Belize. This is what Fannie Willis had to say about a winery that, and this had to be when they were in Napa. So they were doing all these excursions, and that's what Nathan Wade said she paid for. That was her contribution. 
where she would pay for the excursions. Um, and this is cut 12. Fanny's explaining to us what she likes to drink. Him. He likes wine. I don't really like wine, to be honest with you. I like Grey Goose. Um, I bought him a bottle of wine while we were there and the sippings that you do. She likes Grey Goose. Again, no one's asking this. She's volunteering this information. This is how she views Mr. Wade. This is cut 13. Anyone that worked for Fulton County? I think I said an employee. Okay. So that's the qualification you give an employee? You wouldn't. I think that's the statement that I made. So if you want to quote me, quote me accurately. So it's your position because Mr. Wade was not an employee? Or it's your position he wasn't an employee, correct? Mr. Wade is not an employee, and he will tell you that over and over again. I'm sorry, the statement just so I make sure I accurately quote you. What you said was you won't work you won't sleep with people who work under you. Do you not consider Mr. Wade working under you? I consider Mr. Wade to be an agent. Agent? Yeah. All right. And a is what I really re re think of him as. Your point, whatever merit it has, uh, Ms. Merchant, is on the record. Thank Next you. question. I noticed the judge was doing that a lot because I think he was thinking to himself, and I don't want to try to read his mind. I'm not a mind reader, unlike the Robert Herr and the people in our media. I'm not a mind reader. But I did get the sense that there would be this back and forth. He knew she wasn't going to give any sort of answer. He knew she was a hostile witness. He knew she was angry. And so he would kind of say to the lawyer, your point has been taken. In other words, I'm registering what you're getting at. Message received, but let's move on before this woman blows her top. Which did happen quite a bit. Um, can I also have this cut? Cut 19. Now she's talking about some of their travels, including uh, her travels to Aruba. Can I have cut 19? You also said that he was a world traveler and had been on many of the continents. Have, been to six. Have you been on any of those continents with him? Um, Besides this one. Uh, where's Belize? What continent is that? I'm not being funny. I don't know. Let's say with the I've exception of... Belize with him. I've been to the Bahamas with him. I've been with Aruba with him. Don't embarrass me. I'm not sure what continents those are on. Whatever continents those are, that's where I've been. I'm sure if I gave it some thought, I would tell you. But whatever continents those are, that I've been to those locations, sir. Don't embarrass me. I don't think you can accuse anyone else of embarrassing you. This seems to be, this seems to be a job that you're taking on all on your own, Fanny. Can I also have cut 22? Now, this is where they get to the cash, and the cash is becoming uh, a real point of contention, not just in the relationship of Mr. Wade and Fanny Willis, because we found out from Mr. Wade that he always wanted to pay for Fanny. You know, he's a chivalrous dude, and um, she is such an independent woman that sometimes she wouldn't allow that, or she would try to carry her own weight. He didn't appreciate that. Well, now we're finding out more about the cash. This is cut 22. Well, uh, you know, and let, let me move on to, to, to my point here. So the point is that what you're telling us is that uh, you were uh, in financial straits, but really that your testimony today is you had a cash hoard of maybe up to $10,000 in cash where you laid your head at night so that you would dip out and there would be no record of it, correct? That's not what I'm telling you, sir. Well, That's not... That's not at all what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is that throughout the course of my life, I have always kept cash in my house. 
that cash has ranged from times, you know, my father would probably be ashamed of this because he would say it should be more, but that time, that cash at times has ranged from $500 to maybe $9,000. And he, he would be like, that is not what I told you to do. Um, I've always had that amount of money. What I've told you is that when I travel, you do better negotiating when you travel. If you have cash, you can, you go to get the cab. They say, oh, we gonna charge you 300 for the day. Well, I got American cash. Will you take it for 150? And so it's my practice to take money when I travel. We're not talking about a whole lot of money. We're going to the Bahamas, 1,500 in cash is in my pocket or at the most 2,500. Belize was actually probably the most money I've ever taken. And it was taken because it was a big deal. My 50th birthday sucked. His 50th birthday, it sucked. It was terrible. No. Your Honor, and so I'm I'm, back to, to some questions here. I'm, I'm trying to answer it. to hear though about why her 50th birthday sucked and see now i keep changing my mind in some cases i'm like why aren't they putting her back on track and then in other cases i'm thinking i'd love to know more about why her 50th birthday sucked in her mind you know what was it that sucked so bad about it uh 844-500-4242 and of course there was this blow up where she made it clear that she's not on trial this is cut 23 so your office objected to us getting um, Delta records for flights that you may have taken when no, Mr. Wade. Well, no, no, no. Look, I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. So the entitlement is stunning. The arrogance but most importantly for Donald J. Trump, the stupidity that is on display here could be very beneficial for the former president. And keep in mind, out of all these cases that we talk about with Donald Trump, I know it's easy to get them confused because I get them confused and I do this every single day. I'm in this, you know, up to my eyeballs. And when someone says something about this case in New York, I have to kind of refresh my memory on which one it is. This case was supposed to be the strongest, I believe, out of all the ones that they were going to pin on Donald Trump. And thanks to Fannie Willis and her cash and her gray goose and her all these details, thanks to all of this, this cluster bleep, this trial, first of all, she's I think it's a sure thing that she's going to be removed. She can't be the one overseeing this. But if they move it or if they if they get a new DA or they get somebody else to do this, we're talking about a delay now of potentially years. Like she has thrown such a wrench in this. And even with that being said, even with the fact that she might have ruined this case for Democrats, which they were putting a lot of eggs in that basket, they're still running with headlines like why the case against Fannie Willis feels familiar to black women. When Fannie Willis took the stand, her fury was precise and laser focused. The contrast with Miss Willis in glowing magenta could not be more glaring. They're still trying to make this woman into a hero, or as Stephen Miller put it, they Michael Avenatti'd her. Fanny Willis, 2024. That's what we need. We need Newsom and Fanny Willis. That's the ticket. That's the stuff. We'll talk more about this. We got more sound from it too when we come back. And don't forget, we've got last call with Emma Foley in the two o'clock. But man. Oh, man. I don't know why, but at some point along the road, I became very fascinated with the way the media 
covers these things or, you know, doesn't cover them. And I really thought because I just never give up hope that they were going to accurately cover Fannie Willis and what a train wreck that was. But no, they think she did a great job. They think she really clarified things. And that's where we differ. Uh, We'll take your calls when we come back. But you know what we got to talk about right now, Jared, is one of my favorite things on a Friday night is to go home, unwind, maybe have a glass of wine, and then definitely there's no maybes involved when it comes to Omaha steaks I'm definitely going to have a either filet or a hamburger or Jared I know you love the hot dogs and also right now they're having a President's Day sale so if you you haven't checked out Omaha steaks now's the time to do it go to omahasteaks.com slash grace and you're gonna get free eight free Omaha steaks burgers on select packages plus 50% off that's the key 50 50 percent off site-wide um and this is such a great deal and there's so many options sometimes we talk about omaha steaks jared and someone will text in and say i'm not really a big steak person and i'm like that's that's irrelevant to the conversation there's so many other things i mean yes the steak's amazing but that's just one of the options yeah and like the Fulton County District Attorney, I also have a taste for the finer things. And that's what I get with Omaha Steaks. But I don't have to pay, keep nine grand in your house money with Omaha Steaks. And that's really what it is. I've talked about the chicken and how the chicken tastes like chicken. And if you don't know, you haven't had chicken until you've had it. Um, But you're not going to get this quality at this price at the supermarket. And that's that's the best thing about it. You know, I mean, I don't have pallets and pallets of cash in my house, but I always have Omaha steaks in the freezer ready to go. Will you pair your chicken with some fine wine or some Grey Goose, or are you just more of a Coca-Cola type of guy? I do enjoy a nice wine with my steak. A Malbec, actually, is my favorite. There you go. So it's endless flavor, endless value, all at 50% off during the President's Day sale. Here's what I want you to do. Go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. That's omahasteaks.com slash grace. Get all of this deliciousness and free eight, eight free burgers. Eight free burgers on select packages. Simply go to omahasteaks.com slash grace to shop the President's Day sale today. Do that before it's gone. Go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go to Jim really quick. What do you got to say, Jim? Oh, the, the Fannie Willis's Radio Gold, the Grey Goose, the Caviar. Uh, I mean, I could listen to that stuff. <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. Jesus I'm glad, Jim. I, I'm glad that you're enjoying it because I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest, when I play cuts in a row like that, I, I say to myself, I hope we're not losing people. But I just, I can't imagine that people aren't loving it. Hey, I wanted to make another comment here, not in regards to Fanny. In regards to Joe Biden, we, we played that cut of, or we, we took him live when he was talking about the death of Alexei Navalny and he was very upset that Republicans haven't passed the spending bill to fund Ukraine or to give them $60 billion. And then he mentioned that Republicans were taking two weeks off and he was slamming them for being gone for two weeks. I mentioned that he had spent 30% of his presidency on vacation. I misspoke. 
try 40%. Hmm. Just wanted to clarify. We'll be right back.